Hey, James. Steven, I'm so excited about today. Why? Today is our bonus episode. That's right. You know, as you may have experienced, if you listen to Question of the Day, our podcast feed has been royally screwed up over the last several days, and we heard from a lot of you that Question of the Day was not available when you tried to get it. So we'd like to apologize. There have been gremlins in various systems. So thanks for sticking with us. And to make up for our snafu, we're sending along here a special Sunday morning bonus episode called When is Cursing Appropriate? What do you have to say to that, James? you. <laughs> James Altucher. Stephen Dubner. Welcome to Question of the Day. Thank you. I have a question for you today. All right, tell me. I'm not quite sure how to ask it. This is, this is just a question that I wonder about as a parent, but as a human. Apparently. Apparent, as an apparent parent. Um, it's a question about... The appro- Are you asking me? I just, I'm sorry for interrupting. <laughs> Are you asking me because you know what? You if want- you didn't interrupt, I would worry that you were an imposter, that someone had carved off your face and slapped it on theirs. That's really gruesome. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that the theme of every so, horror movie that I refuse to see? Right. So basically, like you refuse to see them, but you bring that filth and gore <laughs> into the podcast studio. So, wait, are you asking me this question because you think I'm a good parent? No. Okay. I just wanted to get that clear. <laughs> I have no. I, ha, I I don't know if you're. I assume you're a pretty good parent. I know you love your children. I do love them. And I, I think in terms of like importance of parenting strategies, that loving them is probably numbers one, two, and three. Yeah, you know it's funny. We talked with Tim Ferriss a few weeks ago about. Um, we did. Yeah, about uh, what makes a good parent. We did. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that was that yeah. was an that episode. was fun. I like Tim was a good Ferriss. Episode. He was he was good. You know, I have to say he brings his whole intellectual like thing. He's got he. He's got a very good vocabulary. So he was not a parent, which was fun to talk to him a little bit about parenting. But about you as a parent, you were going to say, are you a, do you consider yourself a pretty good parent? Well, I think, I don't know what a good parent really is. I think You're I, looking at him, brother. <laughs> no, well, I do, think, I do think, you know, love obviously is really important. I think spending time and listening to your kids is really important. And then, you know, I just think making sure they don't get killed and they get food in their mouth is is pretty important. Making Making sure they're not worried about getting... Food in the mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and then what else? Like you can't, those, you can't really kind tell of more them. Like it sounds like you're describing a bird parent more than a human parent. Well, well, you can't really tell kids what to do. Like you can't really. I mean, you could say to kids what morality is, but they're going to observe more than listen. So you have to actually live a good life to teach your kids, as well, opposed to tell them about what a good life is. Let's pretend we're not even talking the morality, good person part, which can become very large and amorphous and all that. What about the um, like the grit or the work ethic part? Do you think that is truly osmotic? Do you think that children of parents really follow the work ethic of the parent, or do you think maybe the opposite? You know, I think I think it's like. You know, I think obviously there's a lot of variance. I should say from person to person. But also, I think a lot of studies kind of show. Or I shouldn't say that. I hate when studies show. But it's, four out of five dentists too. <laughs> it's like fifty percent nurture, fifty percent nature. And again, what's what's nurture is not what you tell them, but what they see. So you kind of have to work hard if you want them to work hard. You can't just say work hard. But on the other homework. hand, and I, like and you know, so many parents are in favor of homework and traditional schooling without looking into the history of these things. So I think a. a I love how you say traditional schooling as if it's a curse word. 
I, I think it's a curse word. I think most schooling is probably inappropriate. Hey, you know, that and you're out, raising your hand. Well, that like turned in a school? out that turned out to be a uh, perfect segue uh, into the beginning. A segue into the question I wanted to ask you, which is As literally. Parent about the appropriateness or not of cursing, especially as, um, you know, as a, as a family man, as a parent, but as a human, I would say. So that's my question for you. Um, what is your view on, you know, I, I don't even know how to ask the question exactly. I guess it's something like when is cursing appropriate and or inappropriate, especially within a family context? Well, I'll tell <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you when I curse at home I, for, to get a laugh. <laughs> So basically, if I yell something really loud with a curse, they're all just going to laugh at me <laughs> for whatever reason. Like, they just don't take me seriously. Give me an example. And are you are you earnest in your yelling and cursing, or are you doing it jokily? No, I'm, I'll be, I mean, I'll be... Jokingly. Uh, I'll be earnest as a joke. What so, do you mean? Give me a for instance. Who's uh, doing what, and what do you say? Like, the kids have just eaten a meal and not cleaned up, for instance, and you say something? Yeah, I'll say, clean this... And I'll be really like pretend angry. That is and good then, parenting. And then they all just laugh because they know I'm not being uh, serious. But here's the problem: one time I heard, and only once, I heard my oldest daughter. I'm gonna out her here now. I heard my oldest daughter saying <laughs> to my youngest daughter, and I was shocked. Like I never heard this these words coming out of her. Learned, learned it from her, you, daddy. Her, you know. Pure as the sun mouth. And, uh, but do you think that uh, their exposure to... No, not to me. The, no, no, I, no. Yeah, But sorry. do you think, you know, they're learning wherever, you know, obviously there's school. swearing everywhere. School, every movie. Traditional watch. schooling. So it's funny, my <laughs> my son, his favorite movie right now to watch, like over and over and over again, is Super st- bad. Straight Outta Compton. Straight Outta Compton, yeah. <laughs> Which I have to say, Wait, it's a really so, good movie. It's a great movie, but there is sexual content. like uh, That part, that hotel party. Yeah. yeah, somehow, somehow we, you know, I don't know. For for whatever reason, that doesn't... Uh, I, I would say that's my favorite movie of the year last year. Really? Yeah, Did not know that. You yeah. and Solomon can hang out and watch it for the 89th time. I've, I've watched it three times. But here's why I asked this question. We had an incident where we, um, my fan, you know, we may have discussed, we've discussed family vacations before. So recently, my family and I, we had a school break. Um, I think your kids had the same school yeah. break. And um, we we just you like, did a staycation, right? Yeah, we did a New York City staycation for a variety of reasons. Um, we just didn't want to go away, or I didn't, I guess. For uh, it's work. hard work to go away with with kids. You know, the only the entire sorry to interrupt, the entire job of a parent on a vacation is to just keep your kids alive. Like they're going, there's a beach. I think you overstate the difficulty of how hard it is to keep kids alive. I don't know. It's hard for me. Well, you you've done it though. Well, with two of them. Yeah. Maybe three or four are hey, dead I, now. Well, I will say, you know, I will tell you, in, in confirming your fear, I grew up in rural, upstate, kind of farmish New York state, and I was the youngest of eight. And most of my parents' friends from the area, uh, which was a pretty broad area because it was very rural, so some friends lived 30 miles away, which in the old days, 30 miles was long because it was country roads and whatnot. And we, but these were the families that we kind of, um, you know, socialized with uh, now and again. And most of those other families were bigger than ours. We were the small family. These were all a lot of really, really Catholic families. And um, so the, the 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 average, I would say, of all the families in our circle was probably ten. So we were the small family. Oh my gosh! So the McNamaras and the Prackers, all these wonderful, wonderful families. I will say this: I think we were the only family among those that didn't lose at least one kid. In the growing up, how would um, some of these families lose kids? 
tractor would overturn. Oh, my gosh. Swimming, a kid would wa- wander into the pond uh, over the hill in the backyard. Uh, car accident. You know, it's it's rural. You know, we worry so much about, you know, some kinds of uh, tragedy and horror and death, you know, um, much of which is often kind of overblown, the, the incidence of which is overblown. But in the country, if you grew up in the country where I did, I knew, you know, even though I didn't know that many people, it was a rural area, I knew a lot of people who died in farming accidents, um, traffic, you know, cars, trucks, um, and, you know, things like drowning. One of my best friends in high school didn't die. Almost Unbelievable that he didn't die. He fell off a cliff while hiking into a riverbed that was almost dry, but had just enough water to basically turn him into uh, a pile of bones that was still living as a pile of dead bones. And, wow, what uh, happened? Like, so someone found him? Um, or he, he was with friends? The friends he, no, he wasn't with friends. Uh, you know, I can't believe I don't remember the details. Like, how did, I he, get the, wasn't how did he get to the hospital if he was he, a bag of bones? Uh, I think it was probably an airlift, and he was an amazing guy. Um and, uh, Is he and okay now? He, yeah, no, he he recovered, but it was like a near-death fall. He became a New York State trooper, which is a hard thing to become. I mean, the, the standards are very, very high. And now he's in the state of Alaska, I think, running or used to be running their disaster preparedness uh, plan for the state kind of law enforcement, like, you know, figuring out what to do in the case of earthquakes, storms, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, an amazing turnaround success story, but came within, you know, an inch of dying. That was life in the not-so-distant past in a rural upstate New York area. So I joke with you about it's not that hard to keep kids alive, but it depends on the context, you know. That's what I always say. It depends on the context, keeping kids alive. So it's like my bumper sticker at the back of my car. <laughs> keeping kids alive. You should have depends on the context. You should have uh, one of those tallies. You know, like it has been so many days since an accident at work. You should have like it has been so many days since, since a kid I've conceived by me has has died. Exactly. And maybe looking at the positive, the large positive number would make you feel that you're better at it than you uh, than you seem to think you are. Maybe. Yeah. But you're right. It's a bright line. It's either yes or no. They're either alive or they're not alive. Question of the day will return in a minute. Thanks. Thanks very much to Allstate for sponsoring this episode. James, usually you and I were up for a good debate, but there's no room to argue with this opportunity with Allstate. And trust us, we tried because we argue all the time. There's just so many benefits to opening your own Allstate agency. Instead of finding a problem, we came to this conclusion. Why wouldn't you want to do this? Because with Allstate, you're going to own your own business, a business where you get big rewards for growth, unlimited earning potential, and a lot of equity for the future. And when you're the boss, you create the office culture and vision for the workplace with the power of the Allstate brand behind you. Working with the Good Hands Company is about helping people live the good life. Sounds like a pretty sweet deal. Or a massage parlor. (laughs) So if you haven't thought about opening your own Allstate agency, you should. Head over to allstateagent.com slash question of the day after the show to see stories from successful agents. Subject to the terms of the agency agreement. The reason I wanted to ask you about the swearing thing, though, is because we had this incident while we were on our New York City staycations. We basically stayed um, in a hotel in New York and did a bunch of things that we wouldn't normally do, and it was a lot of fun. One day, we were walking 
from the Strand Bookstore, which I know you know and love. And I hadn't been to in many years. It, it was a lot rattier when I used to go. So it's a, it's a, it's an awesome bookstore, used and new books. Did you go to the Rare Books Room? Did not. That's yeah, really Did nice. Not. Um, you know, but, you know, you were invited to my party there. I know. Last I don't November. go to parties really. I don't go out much at night. Um, you know, Fair enough. I'm in bed by nine. Fair enough. So at seven, I have to start my evening, you know, ablutions and and whatnot. But um, but uh, we we'd gone to the Strand, spent probably two hours at the Strand, all four of us just looking in our particular corners for books, and bought a bunch of books, and we're walking down, and it was, um, I believe, it was Good Friday. And we walked by Grace Church, which is an amazing um, piece of architecture and an amazing old New York City religious community. And we popped in there to just show the kids the the inside of the church. It's a beautiful church. And we didn't even realize it was Good Friday. Service was about to start. And then we're walking down south because we were staying in Soho. And then we're walking this kind of um, kind of quiet stretch of Mercer Street, which goes you know north-south there going in. And the four of us are just walking and just really enjoying a kind of very early spring day, being a little bit reflective, having looked at books and having stopped into a church. And your youngest just said, just like that. <laughs> no. <laughs> to a homeless guy. No. It's horrible. Not, not quite. You're not a horrible quite. parent. Stop describing your family. I'm describing my family. And we hear behind us, uh, the four of us, we, like it, it almost felt like we we're on the street alone. And we hear behind us say, what up, mother?" And uh, we all turned around because you assume it's someone talking to you and that we were the mother And it wasn't... Are you doing like um, JJ from Good Times when um, you do that? Well, it was... Well, this is kind of... So it was this guy, a white guy in um, super skinny jeans with a super cute haircut. And, and this is... Kind of like me, in other words. Uh, you have the uncut. You're the, <laughs> <laughs> you're the uncut look. And it was a guy that I would think of, like, if I had to describe him without knowing anything about him, just by looking at how he dressed and how he carried himself, I would say he's probably someone from the Midwest who moved to New York to reinvent himself in some kind of fabulous direction, like either fashion or theater or something like that, right? And um, and he was just talking to a friend on the phone, and that's what he said, what up, mother for, in that style. But the four of us, when we turned around and we saw this guy... It was like the funniest thing that any of us had ever seen once we saw where it was coming from. <laughs> so then we, <laughs> but we didn't want to embarrass him. Right. But we, of course not. <laughs> but, <laughs> so so we, we all stopped and tried, we tried to stop and laugh without, you know, overtly laughing at him. And then he went ahead of us. So my daughter, who's a little bit more mischievous than my son, she said, come on, let's follow, let's walk right behind him and see what other funny things he says. So we walk behind him for like four blocks and he's just talking to some friend about this and that and a party that he was going to or some thing he was trying to make work out. Da, da, da. But it, it was just such a whatever. It's one of those family moments since that day Every day since then, what we say to each other in the morning, <laughs> hey, good morning, Salman, how'd you sleep? What up, my And um, so there was something about it that was kind of wonderful and liberating. Like, I know and my- Kind like, of bonding now? Kind of bonding now. Like, now you're on, it's like almost like an equal, like a level playing field. Exactly. Instead of like Solomon asking you if some aspect of parenting is osmotic, <laughs> as you put it earlier, he could say, what up, mother Well, that is true. And so, you know- I, look, I generally am one who l reveres reverence, and I don't like the idea of people swearing at other people because it can be disrespectful. On the other hand, I think that there's something to be said for the kind of the defanging of the language. Well, but but also I really like how 
you guys turned it into a bonding experience. So regardless, so clearly what happened was it doesn't really matter curse words, not curse words, you know, your belief systems not or not your belief systems. What really matters is how many of these bonding experiences you can accumulate as a family before they go on their own because they'll remember those and they'll remember those as teachable moments. Like this is how you're supposed to treat the next generation is let's bond with them and be close with them. You're getting me all choked up thinking about I think, the kids I think it's going. really great that your kid said, let's follow him. That's the moment, actually, that's really... <laughs> I wish my kids would do that a little more often. Like, hey, Dad, let's let's do this. And we kind of collude into some you know, life moment that will be unforgettable. Mm. So basically what you're saying is we're creating these moments, these bonding experiences, and then my kids are going to go off, and I'm going to miss them. And then when I drop my second kid off at college... Uh, I'll 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 wave to her and she'll set off with her friends or whatever and I'll just say see you later mother Thanks for listening. Right after this quick break, we'll give you a taste of our next question of the day. With Allstate, there's no need to pick sides. You can own your own business and be your own boss. This opportunity is a no-brainer. So head on over to allstateagent.com slash question of the day to get more information about opening your own agency. We've got another great question on tap for next time. Take a listen. Should we more realistically divide up the United States into states... Secession, you mean? Into states defined by culture. So for instance... New England is really one big culture. The Deep South is one big culture. Would it be better to divide up the United States by culture instead of 50 states? 